Somewhere beyond the light and the dark, beyond our secret desires and deepest fears, lies the door beyond all our limits. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my co-host, Tyler Wilson. Hi there. You are listening to Old Millennials Remember Movies. And yes, the sexy voice is still me, Angela, but I am fighting a... So we back to school cold. Not that I'm back to school. No, but we, but have, we kids have a new kindergartner this year. Oh, yeah. And if you're a parent out there or soon to be parent as an old millennial, yeah. When they go to kindergarten, they bring all sorts of disgusting stuff home. I thought because we already had a kindergarten, you know, we have a third grader too, that she was less. bringing that stuff home and he would catch it from her. And he, he did. Yeah. But now, I mean, every year, everybody, every kid gets sick every year. What are you going to do? Yeah. Sucks. It's horrible. And you've got it right now. I've been fighting it, but, you know, what are you going to do? What am I going to do? So, today we are talking about a fun little flick. <laughs> fun is an interesting word for it. Called Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah, we And are. before we get into, you know, all the depths of Hellraiser, let's, uh... Depths of Hellraiser. Let Tyler relieve me a little and talk for hours and hours about what you've been watching No, recently. because that's not true, because you watched several of the things we're going to talk about. I did. Yeah. I did? Um, I did. You did. Well, first thing, I think in the last episode, we were watching Fleabag separately, although we've, we both managed to watch season two. There's only two seasons of Fleabag, and we watched it separately, although you watched it in an okay. interesting way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this got totally fucked up. Okay. So if you've listened to the podcast before, I may have mentioned that I watch a lot of shows on my phone because I'm a fucking millennial. So yeah. get off my ass. Get off my case. I watch TV on my phone. Whereas I don't. You don't. I'm more of the old millennial. Even though I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm older than you. You are. By several months. Four, at least four. I have a birthday coming up in a month, you know. Good job. You better get ready to celebrate that. Oh, I, yep. <laughs> get healthy. <laughs> um, So, I'm. you've already watched. You had watched season I had, one, but then like, I watched season one. Right. Very closely, though. It was like within two days of each other. Then you it's a watched short season show. two, and then yeah. I was like, okay, I'm ready to do this. It's only like, what, six episodes? Yeah. So, uh, I turn it on my phone, and it starts playing, and I'm like, all right, this is a good episode. Wow, this is a big jump in time, but, you know, sometimes shows do that. It, and it does have a jump in time. Yeah, then there's a jump in time, and I was like, okay, I'm, fi I'm filling in some blanks here. I'm filling in a lot of fucking blanks here, but, all right, this is a very good show. And then it seemed, and then I think you, you told me was, like, first episode back seems to end, it seems like it kind of has a lot of finality to this, this first episode. What's going to happen <laughs> in the next five episodes? Yeah. Well, it turns out. It turns out. I watched the fucking <laughs> season finale. Series finale. Series fucking finale. Yeah. Before I watched episode one and then you went back and watched episode two and was like what happened to this and that or there's a miscarriage and you're like and i was like in the room with you and i was like what do you mean you don't know what you're talking about that was what the whole previous episode was about and you're just like i don't know would they go to the wedding yet and i was like that's the last episode i was like the last episode they already went to the wedding oh my god spoiler alert anyway so lesson learned with Amazon. With Amazon, if you're watching shows separately. And rewatching. And rewatching. in the same account. Pay a fucking attention right. to so, which episode you're on. Because usually, you know, you uh, uh, you get the, uh, it goes continue watching, right? And it keeps track of where you are. But if you get to the end, usually it'll go back to the beginning. But see, because you were already, like, sprinkling in episodes, our account didn't know what the fuck doing. Our account was like, fuck you, here's the finale again. Yeah, it was no bueno. It was good. Oh, it was good, yeah. Um, but now, okay, to be honest, I mm -hmm. don't think I watched, so what, there's six episodes? There's just six. I don't think I watched episode five, and now I'm like, eh. What do you mean, you don't want to even bother? Well, like, I, you know, I, I Did got you rewatch number six at the, after you, like... No. I think it ends really well, so I. it's weird that you saw that I don't know, I'm, I'm feeling so frustrated <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the whole fucking experience. And I, it's a show that I think... Um, it's bingeable in the way that it all bleeds into together really well. Yeah. And it, it just, it's one overarching story. Episode five, I think, is the best episode, Fine. though. I don't even know what fucking episode I'm on. Did you, Four, okay. I don't even Without, know. Without, like, getting into too many details, did she go to confession? Is that episode five? Did you watch her do that? 
I think that's episode five. It's good. Oh, I like that. No. Episode. What I like about Fleabag is that it's, I think it's very funny. It has a unique, distinct voice. Phoebe mm-hmm. Waller-Bridge is really um, great. Uh, it's a great performance. It's great writing. And the way that I think it's great is that it is, I think, a very dramatic show and very emotional and very um, powerful in a lot of ways in a sneaky, in, you know, because yeah. she's, she's kind of a, she's meant to be kind of seen as crass, but lovable mm-hmm. and obviously having a lot of problems and she's struggling through some trauma. And um, I just, the way that it ends is not over the top and it isn't even like quote unquote like happy 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 or everything's wrapped up in a bow like you would expect from like a series finale but I just I just the way that it's done is just really it won a bunch of Emmys I mean yeah. we, we we came to this after the fact that did this I mean we're not like one of these people that was like oh you gotta <clears throat> praise it because we weren't I mean we, yeah we obviously people know it's good yeah we're a little late to the party a little late to the party but I'm glad I watched it considering I don't watch a lot of um a lot of TV shows I know Speaking of TV shows, we used to watch years ago, a decade ago, you might remember the show called Deadwood. It had three seasons. It was great. We enjoyed it. Timothy Oliphantastic. Timothy Oliphantastic, who didn't move his arms, but Mm -hmm. we loved him anyway. Then he went on Unjustified and was even better on that show. Mm -hmm. He's great. Uh, Ian McShane, always great on Deadwood. Uh, Calamity Jane was uh, Robin Weigert. She's great. The whole cast has always been good. Anyway, we watched Deadwood when it was on. Um, we I think maybe when the DVDs were out or something, we watched it after so the So like 10 years ago. Yeah, it ended it like ended 06. 13 years ago. Yeah, so it's been a long time. It didn't... Everybody always said it ended abruptly. I don't know if it ended abruptly so much as it just like it felt like it was Unfinished. just... It was going to do another season. It wasn't necessarily like a cliffhanger so much as like... Oh, well, it's weird that this ended after three seasons kind of thing. Like, you could have done more. Um, this movie came out on HBO um, earlier this year, but we didn't have HBO, so we kind of waited until it was became available, like, digitally to stream and, and to rent. And so we finally watched Deadwood the movie. They made it 13 years after. And it is kind of a case of, like... I wrote about this in something that I wrote, you know, for the, you know, things... But it's like how uh, fan service, the term fan service is often kind of a negative, there's a negative connotation to it. it. You know, people say like, oh, well, they're just appeasing something for the fans. It doesn't have any narrative um, function other than to like make people feel good or happy or reference something that happened before. But in the case of Dead with the movie, I think that it's like the good kind of fan service in that it, especially with Deadwood, because it ends in a way the series did where things were just left a little bit unfinished. And this kind of wraps a bow on things in a way that doesn't feel like a cheat. It feels like a negative narrative progress. It's really smart. It does take that time jump. Like, years go by, right? We We take that jump. The characters take that jump, too. So we have to catch up, play catch up with where they are. I think that's really smart. But then they also give us, like, an arc that kind of feels like it closes that loop a little bit. But also, what I loved about it especially is, like, the last scene is, like... Um, it is a little bit of a hint of like maybe some finality to a certain character, but it purposely doesn't like give you that finality because I'm just like, yep, fire up that next season of Deadwood. We'll do it again. I would. Yeah. Anyway, I really enjoyed it. I think people that liked Deadwood, it seems like people did when it came out, it was well received, but really strong. But then interestingly, we watched that and it was not planned, but then, um, the El Camino Breaking Bad movie came out same, mm-hmm. same weekend. Yeah. Breaking Bad, a show you did not watch. I watched like every eighth episode with you. Oh, okay. Cause I was, I didn't watch it till it was done, I think. And then yep. I just Netflix, I watched it on Netflix. So right? I just watched the occasional episode. Right. And honestly, it sort of seemed like a show that like, it, I, it was fine to miss several episodes. So it's beloved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a show that is obviously incredible. I actually, in terms of its, it, how it was made and the writing was always really good. But for, for me anyway, I always struggled with the Walter White character. I felt like the character broke bad in, like, episode three of the first season, and he was kind of a piece of shit the whole time, and I was just like, well, I don't love watching this character. I find him unpleasant. I don't, I didn't, I don't, you know, and there's... It's hard to watch a protagonist that you don't think is redeemable. And I, and a lot of people, I mean, I think that that's, it's not like he was meant to be, like, a good guy, but a lot of other people, I think, found some of that redemption, and Mm -hmm. I didn't. Where I did find um, a character that I latched onto was in the Aaron Paul character of Jesse Pinkman, because I always felt like, although flawed, although do- doing terrible things, at least seemed to try to hold on to some semblance humanity. of humanity, right? And so um, when it ended, he has... I felt like the series ended 
in a way that was satisfying to him. He, um, I mean, it's not a spoiler to say that he is like the, the show ends with him escaping. He's on the run. Mm-hmm. And this movie takes place right after that happens. So it's kind of the opposite of Deadwood, right? It just picks up immediately after yeah. what happened. At... And I had watched the finale with you. Right. So I was like, whoa, this is just because like... he had been captured by some white supremacists, uh, forced to cook meth for them. Walter White, although they've been on the outs together, he does manage to help him escape and he goes. And so what I liked about El Camino is that it, it very much just felt like an extension, like a whole, it really, less a movie so much as like an extended episode because it is, it really is about the, like the minutia of him having to get away. Mm-hmm. And it's like diving into the details of that. There's flashbacks so you can see some certain characters that have died, but I mean, we have to kind of go through these steps of like, he's got to get this money. He's got to go to this place. He's got to go to this place. It's very methodical and very yeah. much in the spirit of what the best episodes <laughs> I thought of Breaking Bad were. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I found that to be pretty satisfying. And Aaron Paul is uh, great in the role, always was, still great. Um, so that was really satisfying in a way. Another kind of, I think, a way of doing some fan service with some of the characters and his arc kind of closing that is not bad. It's not a bad way to kind of give p- people the finality that they without kind of it doesn't doesn't step on the finale in any way. It just kind of is an extension. It's something extra, and it's just not like this show isn't. I mean, they already have Better Call Saul, which I actually think is a better show than Breaking Bad, um, and it's a prequel series with um, you know, Saul Goodman, that character, and I love that show. I think it's it's amazing, and so. Um, this is already a universe where we're playing with time and extending mm-hmm. things. And so um, that's been really satisfying to watch. But I was pleased to watch El Camino. I was like, all right, doing pretty good with these uh, TV extension uh, series things. Maybe we can do it with, uh, I don't know, How About Your Mother and fix that fucking thing, right? Or something? Uh, I, don't <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Um, what else did we watch? Let's see. We, um, mm. oh, we, the the Toy Story 4 came out on video. Yep. We watched it with our kids. Yep. You had not seen it in a theater because you had your appendix out. Yep. Um, I relayed to you that I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you watched it. And then mm-hmm. what did you think of Toy Story 4? I thought it was very good, but it wasn't like my favorite Toy Story movie. And I think that's fair. I think it's probably no one's favorite Toy Story movie. Probably not even mine or anything. Um, I'm a kind of a weird guy that finds this particular franchise to be... To me personally, beloved. So even for me, it's hard to rank the Toy Story movies. Oh. And I would also continue that trend. I can rank them. With, oh, what's your number? 312. 312 and then 4? Yeah. You like the third one the best? Yeah. Interesting. The whole uh, like facing your right. mortality is pretty pretty big. Here's what I would say. While good, and while I can't rank them because <laughs> I love all of them for different reasons, and I don't, I push back on this notion that they're like the same arc. And I, well, two, three, and four, same thing with the villains and the blah, blah, blah. And I get where the people are seeing that, but I also feel like... Well, Actually, they're... I changed it. Three, one, four, two. Oh, you real? See, two, I think, is sometimes when I watch two, it's like, this is the best one. But I do that with all of them. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I could see myself changing the number two is time really I watch God, one. God, two is so good. But um, what I push back on again with, I, I think, yes, while the, the premise of, of the toy movie, it, it limits you in terms of what stories you can tell with the toys and their relationship to human beings and kids, right? However, I do feel like each movie has done something pretty different in terms of um, how the characters react to those changes. And what I really liked about Toy Story 4, and I get the criticism that a lot of the other characters from the original series, other than Woody, get far less to do in it. That's very true. This movie, I think, gives Woody his best arc and actually closes his arc in a way that I personally found way more satisfying than his ending in three. And I, I yeah, give it no, a lot I of, yeah. I give it a lot of credit for finding a way to figure out how to end with three. It ends like everybody. I mean, when they announced this movie, we're like, why would you do that? They ended it perfectly, right? But if you think about it, they ended it perfectly. In a way that is satisfying to the audience, but not necessarily satisfying to the character of Woody. Yeah. It is not his ideal it's not ending. His kid. It's not his kid. He gets transferred to another kid, right? Which and is a lot of the toys do. True, but this if you're if you're looking at Toy Story as a story arc of primarily Woody, which it yeah. is, other than the first one, which is a kind of a dual story with, with Woody and Buzz. Buzz is a, pretty much a supporting character after that, right? It this is the proper conclusion and i found it to be 
just deeply satisfying and emotional. It's a weird thing where it's a it's a love story with toys, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have thought that that could be pulled off. But I mean, they pull it off amazingly. There are shots in the movie that are just amazing, like just the way that they kind of convey the emotion and affection that he has for Bo Peep, who's kind of reappeared in his life, are things that people like filmmakers in live action don't do, can't do. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to do because we've been so jaded and by like the romantic comedy trappings and how cheesy that is. This movie does it amazingly without it really ever like being, you know, there's, they're not, it's not sexual because they're not like, there's no physical like kissing and all that, but it has a romantic love story to it. Mm -hmm. And the ending I think is a better ending and just more emotional. And I love it a lot. Are you getting teary-eyed just thinking about it? I do. I think it's. I think it's really good. I, it to the point where when people say like, "Oh, it was good," but it wasn't like up to the par. And I'm like, "Yeah, but no, it kind of like it's pretty great." Like I know that everybody's like, "I get it." Jesse's not in very much of the movie. That sucks. I get that. Buzz Lightyear not in the much. He's he tags along, but he doesn't have much to do. A lot of new characters. A lot. But here's the thing: a lot of new characters are great. Duke Kaboom, Keanu Reeves crushes it. Forky is, uh, as our kids, uh, you saw from our kids, obviously they love Forky. Forky's a great character. Tony Hale's doing his, his I think best. there was too much Forky. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I just do. That is sane comment. Because even the people that like it, that don't love it, they always say that Forky's like the best uh, thing about it. Eh. It's like it was like two shticks and then I kind of got over it. And you know what? Here's the thing. I, I kind of, his arc is over early. And there was some, I, there was more criticism. I was like, well, the Forky story kind of, like, that's the interesting part because it's this new idea of, like, a created toy. But then it, like, that gets dropped. Well, yeah, it drops because we're telling this other story. And there's nothing, like, we've already done that part. I like how the opening is a little bit of a misdirect of what kind of the story is. It reminded me of, like, the really great seasons of The Simpsons in the early part where an episode would kind of begin somewhere, like a fair or something like that. And you'd have, like, this five or six or seven minutes of something going on. That's really fun and engaging, and it's a story. And then something happens there that radically shifts kind of the the direction of the story. Then the story is about something else completely, mm -hmm. but in a really in a way that was very unique to that show. And a lot of, I mean, even the show failed to do that later on in later seasons, right? Mm -hmm. I like that change mm -hmm. uh, in Toy Story Four. I'm gonna go to bat for it right now. I would say it's seriously no joke my favorite movie of this year now, oh, and wow. I've watched it three times, and I, I I love it, and our kids love it, and it makes me happy that they love all the Toy Stories. I think our kids know that, like, if if dad is communicating that he loves a movie, if they desire to be continuously loved by you, oh. they need to uh, communicate that they also love said movie. That didn't seem to matter to them when we watched the Goofy movie, though. They're like, Dad, I don't know. They're like, I don't know, Dad. This doesn't seem that great. I'm like, fuck you, kids. I think they learned from that experience when you told them to fuck off. I didn't tell them to fuck off, but in my, I mean, with my emo eyes. Emotionally, you might with have. Eyes, I said, what's wrong with you? This is a program that you should love and adore. Goofy movie again well i know even so even to this day we've gone to like i've gone to target with our kids and they're like i don't know for the lying the li live action lion king's out on video i'm probably maybe it is maybe it isn't i don't care because i didn't fucking like it but it comes on like the commercials in target and mary and our oldest is always just like i don't want to see that movie because it's just like it's not as good and she's just like she's rattling off what i want to hear and yeah. she's doing it for my benefit she yeah. probably does really want to watch that movie and she's just like mm, i don't like how they look i'm like that's right. Yeah. You can have your opinion at school yeah. about whatever you want, but when you talk around me, you don't like this movie. <laughs> oh, my God. She's doing it for my benefit, though. Look at you. Whereas she'll still fight me on the Beauty and the Beast thing, where she says that the live-action Beauty and the Beast is far better than the cartoon, which is not true. She likes to give you some wins every once in a while, babe. Well, you know, I need them. I need, I need those wins. Um, okay, so that's what you watched, right? That's what we watched together. Yes. Um, I do. I, I've been watching a lot. Um, I'll go through it quickly. Because um, just question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're a stay-at-home parent to four children, mm -hmm. and you have a full-time writing job. Part-time writing. A part-time writing job. Dude, that involves watching things. And you're like still happily married, correct? Yeah. And when are you finding time to watch all these bullshit things? Huh? Huh? Which? What do you mean? When? What nap time? Like when the when the what the third one goes to preschool and the mm -hmm. little one goes to nap and if I don't have a lot of writing or work to do right then I can watch something and then also at nighttime when you go to bed early because you get up at like God knows when to go to the gym and then to work so you're going to bed early and I've got time to watch stuff 
Which is fine. Go to bed, Tyler. <sighs> watching stuff. So instead of going to bed, you watched In the Mood for Love. In the Mood for Love, which is a, a movie that is adored. I don't know. What is it? When did it come out? Who's it's like it? from 1990. No, no, no. Oh, God. This is... See? Hellraiser, we did uh, intend to record this episode several days ago, and then it didn't happen. So now I've like lost my notes. Stop saying I'm that. I'm just saying. like we. No one cares. Yeah. It came out in 2000. 2000, right. And it is Wong Kar Wai, the director? <clears throat> it's loading. I'll say that correctly. Um, so uh, the original title is Fei Yun Yin Wa. Good, yes. It's um, directed by Kar Wai Wong. Wong Kar Wai, yep. Um, so it is beloved. It's in a lot of like uh, lists of that decade, best movie of its new list of like the best movies ever made, right? So it's a movie that I never uh, watched. It's about uh, two uh, a people, you know, a man and a woman who are married. And they discover they live in an apartment complex, and they discover that their spouses are having an affair <coughs> with each other, and so then they have a their friendship grows from there. And it um, it's set in Hong Kong. Yep, it's nineteen sixty two. It's beautiful. It's a beautifully made movie. It plays with um, a lot of kind of unconventional uh, camera stylings, and and time jumps around a little bit, and it's it's really good. It's one of those things where you. Uh, you hear about it for so long and you don't watch it and you're like, oh, it's amazing. And then you watch it, you know, at home, even a little bit this time when I had to like split it up into half because of various responsibilities. You watch some of it on a phone and you're like, I don't think I like gave this apparently beloved movie the fair shake it deserved in terms of like watching it and like really appreciating it. Because I liked it. I thought it was good, but I was like, I probably didn't like get the full experience that other people did when they saw it in the theater and whatnot. So... It was good. I'm glad I watched it. Um, and then a little bit of a Halloween kick because we're doing Halloween stuff, right? I watched uh, Destroy All Monsters. T uh, Turner Classic Movies is doing lots of Godzilla movies. Uh, so this one is one where uh, there's aliens that come down and they start controlling all of the monsters. So uh, it's from Mothra, 1968. Mothra, and Godzilla, and uh, <coughs> and it you know it's not I'm making it's not like an amazing movie, but it's those rubber suit Godzillas that I just. Uh, I really enjoy it. But I will say this. The new Godzilla movie came out this year. And there's an episode of this podcast, I'm sure, where I complained about not really caring for it. Because the human characters are um, not great. And there's a lot going on that's pretty ridiculous with the human characters. And I... And I... Listen, I've watched a lot of these Godzilla movies. I, I think the first one is a legitimate classic. Because it definitely has a different tone than the others. But I will say that I do feel like a little bit of a hypocrite. Complaining about... Like some of the plot mechanizations and some of the human characters in like these new ones, and then going back and watching these ones and enjoying these, despite the fact that these characters are like nothing burgers. <laughs> it's like they're just there. It's borderline boring, and you're just waiting for the rubber suit men to fight. I understand. That being said, I would much rather watch Destroy All Monsters than the new Godzilla King of the Monsters because, yeah, I just I, there's something more charming to that than there is with the loud, noisy ones with the same bad uh, plot. What do you think it's rated? That Destroy All Monsters, yeah, PG, G, yeah. Well, you know, rating system. It's not that. It's not bad. They, well, all the violence is like off screen, except for when the monsters are kind of like kicking and punching each other a little bit. Uh, it's fun. <laughs> there's okay. a bunch of them. I've, I watched another one, but I don't know how to get into it. Um, okay. I watched <laughs> Dracula AD 1972. That's the full title. It came Who out in you? 1972. What are you watching this on? That's Turner Classic Movies again. Thank you. Um, I love the original. Oh yeah, keep that coughing. Sorry to people who are hearing that. It's fine, but whatever. It's the cold and flu season. What do you want from us? Um, I I love the original Dracula, but there's a whole stretch of these movies in like the 70s and 80s that Christopher Lee from like you remember that guy, the old guy from uh, Lord of the Rings. During his this part of his career, he played Dracula like eight or nine times, and I've seen none of those. Right, so this is the one that I saw. I, while there are other ones available, some of the earlier ones that are a little bit more serious, this was the one I started with because it was set in a modern time in nineteen set in nineteen seventy two, and it's him. Now, granted, he's in the movie for like eight to ten minutes. It is not much of Christopher Lee in that movie, and Peter Cushing, who's like the Van Helsing uh, from like Star Wars, and. And he's he's in it a little bit more, but not not a lot. But they were in movies. They were in a few of these together. Um, this one, <laughs> so it's played pretty straight, except for like the first ten minutes or so, are like a couple of like just a bunch of teenagers at a party and they're dancing and it's a full musical performances of this band. Mm -hmm. And the the soundtrack is all like Shaft, like black exploitation, like music. 
And so you have that combined with this, like, very traditional setup of, like, we have to raise Dracula from the dead, and we did, and now he's causing trouble. Uh-oh. What a weird combination of a movie. Uh-oh. But I enjoyed it. It's cheesy fun. Um, Christopher Lee's good, but he's only in a few minutes of it. But, yeah, no, it's uh, it's a relic, and I appreciated it. And then, uh, oh, the one I watched uh, that just got on Hulu, it went to, I think, a couple of festivals, but Hulu bought it. It's called Little Monsters. And it's a zombie movie, and I, you know how I feel about it. the zombie movie. I think since Shaun of the Dead has just been tired, right? And Zombie Land Two came out, and frankly, Zombie Land One was fine, but I don't really care about it that much. And I don't care about the sequel, so I don't love zombie movies. I don't watch The Walking Dead. Never cared for it. And this one is yeah, also not great, but it is a comedy. It's Australian, and it is a guy who's you know a slacker, blah blah blah. He just he needs to take his nephew to school and go on a field trip so it is a they go to a farm and then these zombies break out from a government lab and they're under attack and it's him and the teacher who have to protect this uh, class of te- uh, kindergartners from the zombie apocalypse it's rated r it's very rated r very hard r but i'll tell you what's so it's it's very fine. It's got some funny moments. Josh Gad is in it, who and he's being a very over the top character that is too much. Um, it's kind of funny in spots, but overall too much. But it is uh, a very uh, wonderful use of one Lupita Nyong'o as the kindergarten teacher, and she is uh, predictably awesome in the movie. Like she's great. She plays just like this. Um, She's a great kindergarten teacher. She's just a sunny person. She's in a bright yellow dress the whole movie, and it's that. She's playing ukulele, and it's very much that, but then she's also got, like, you learn later that she's had this previous life where she was not that person, but still a good person, but, you know, she had some ups and downs, and now her life is devoted to protecting these kids, and she is just awesome in the movie. Like, she's a badass. She fights off. She's the one that protects everybody. I was a little worried about the movie because we have little kids, and I don't necessarily need to watch little kids get eaten by zombies. It's not that kind of thing. The movie's about protecting the little kids, so mm-hmm. that's good. Um, but yeah, God, she's good in everything, isn't she? She was amazing in Us this year in kind of that dual performance. She's an Oscar winner. And I never understood how she hasn't gotten... Why is she in this is what I want to know. Like, this is the star role that she got, a movie that went straight to Hulu. Like, that's bullshit. She is incredible. And it's wow. the reason to watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I enjoyed her in it, and it was enough to kind of move the needle on the movie itself. So, it has some moments in in it of itself. But she's great. God, she's great. Love her. I want to see her in everything. That's it. I did my Halloween stuff. Good job. Not that much stuff. Just like a half hour. It's been like a week since the, since we last spoke. It's fine. It's true. It's filled the time. Some of that stuff you watched. It's fine. I did. I so did. there you go. There's only a couple more things really than what you what you uh, watched. I don't know how you have all this time to watch all this stuff. It's what I do. You watch. You should spend more time cooking me dinner and doing more cleaning. I do a lot of cleaning, and then we're fucking really messy. Yeah, we are. That's true. We live with four really messy people, and then you're not exactly the not not messy, and I'm exactly not. I've messy. been being very good. Yeah. Okay. I've been putting all my laundry in the laundry basket. I'm not going to be cleaning and making my bed every day. I'm not going to be cleaning the house, cooking you dinner at nine o'clock at night when you're in bed or asleep. I'm going to probably watch a movie. Yeah. So that's what I've been watching most of the stuff. I get that. So, are you ready to talk about Hellraiser? Yes. This was a weird, we kind of just, we were going to watch something else, and I don't know what happened. We just kind of decided this was the thing we were going to watch. Yeah. Hellraiser, um, 1987. I had never seen it. Ever. Did you write down what you remember? Um, I, I don't think I wrote, did, I don't know if I wrote anything down, because I had never seen it. It's a movie that I'm familiar with, Pinhead, the character, because he's all over the place. They've made nine sequels of Hellraiser. And so and I've it's no- currently streaming on... It's on Hulu. I think we watched it. Yeah. On. Yeah. So, and it was just one of these things. Oh, well, there was a reason why we brought it up. Um, you, our co- your cousin, was yep. in town, uh, and he was there, and you, I don't know, some conversation came up of you guys. You were it would tell us he was a, he saw he knew what it was and was a, always afraid of watching it. And never did because you, you guys were yeah. close. You're older, but by a few years, but yeah. similar enough in age that you watched movies together and grew up together. Blah, and blah, what blah. movies were we trying to decide between? Oh, I mean. 
Oh, I don't know. It's hard to remember now. Because the, the other fun fact, like, he was going to record with us, and then he got too scared, I think, and didn't want to record. Or tired. And then, and now he's left town again. But, yeah. Um, turd. I think Tommy, he got, you're turd. I think he got scared. He yes. got, he didn't want to go through it again. He had nightmares that night and didn't want to go he through it. He was like, ah. He didn't want to live through it again, is what I think. That's my theory. Um, so I didn't either write anything about what I remember. And we watched this on a Saturday night after, uh. On a Friday night. Friday night, yeah. <coughs> so after like working all day, hanging out, it was late. I was almost asleep. You turned it on. I was actually laying on the floor watching this, and you kept nudging me with your goddamn foot to keep me awake, which was pissing me off. Well, because hey, you're this is you're mischaracterizing this story a little bit because this was your choice because you have some history with this movie that nah, the rest of nah. us don't. Yes, you do. Share it. I don't have any history. With yes, you do. You said that you. So, for some unknown reason, yeah, my dad is not a movie guy. Uh, that that that's not an unknown reason. Well, he, he's, he's I, just not a movie guy. He what he I, as, for as long as I've known him, I've Almost known him to watch mm-hmm. uh, the same eight or ten movies, and that's about it. He won't. Well, I mean, he watches things. It's not like he's like a, he's a dummy or anything, but. Yeah. You know, there's a certain set of movies he watched, and there wasn't any watched TV or yeah. other things, right? So I don't know what year it was. It was probably 1991 or 1992. The movie came out in 87. It but did. It was not. It was on video. So I was probably like nine or ten years old. Okay. For some fucking unknown reason, Dad bought this movie on VHS, and it was a two or three pack. A th- oh, a multi pack of Hellraiser <laughs> on VHS. Yeah. That's about a shelf space. It's a big fucking box. Yeah. And it sat, so next to our TV, we had these really tall speakers, mm-hmm. right? With their, the, they're like the ones from 1970 and the big. 70s and 80s, really tall. Bigger so they, meant louder back yeah. in the day. So we had two of those. Anyway, right. so this fucking set of D- VHSs mm-hmm. sat on top of that, which was right on the way out the door. As if it was a highlight. It was like a centerpiece for him. Yeah. So he bought it. He sat it there. Which, I mean, we'll get into it, but this, the very fact that it was this movie, of this all movie, things. <laughs> I don't know. Was it on sale? I don't know. Was it? He's proud of the so purchase. So I vividly, vividly remember the, the the picture on the front of Pinhead, probably. Pinhead, yeah. yeah. Very iconic picture. Sure. So I remember the picture more than fucking anything, because I saw it a billion times walking It's a disturbing house, looking guy. Okay. So then fast forward, because I don't know why you didn't watch it right away. Everyone else is in bed. Okay, so I'm 10. That means I have an older brother and sister that are home. Maybe they're out with their friends. Mom's gone to bed. For some fucking reason, dad puts this movie on, and I feel like everyone's gone to bed. And here's the thing about my dad. Mm -hmm. if When it comes to parenting, (laughs) he pretty much leaves left that to my mom. Oh, wow. (laughs) Like, he communicated via my mom. Oh, okay. So he had thoughts. He had opinions about being a parent. They co-parented. But mom was the communicator. Oh, okay, right. Still to this day, that's how we work it. Okay. I have a question with for my you dad. anyway, right? Yeah. yeah. I have a question for my dad. I call my mom. She asks dad. Dad tells her. And she tells me. The and to the point where sometimes where even where I, you have called them, you will talk mm-hmm. to your mom, and then your dad will come on, and then somehow the phone ends up to me yeah. because as if I'm going to have yeah. a better conversation. Or or remember that time that a kid flushed the, the a diaper, diaper down? down? Yeah. And I made you call my dad. Yeah. Like I'll, I was like, and you I don't, call my dad. And I don't have a problem talking to him. I don't understand what your deal is. I don't know. He's easy to talk to. So we have a long <laughs> history of very bad communication yeah, between okay. the two of us. So Let's air that out. Do you want to explore that more? Yeah. Or? That's just to set this up okay. that I'm ten, 9, 10 years old. Okay. Uh, Hellraiser is <clears throat> rated what? Oh, it's very R. It's fucking rated R. Just look at the front of the cover. And in the opening minutes. Oh, my God. So everyone's gone to bed. Dad turns this movie on. I'm just sitting on the couch. And I feel like there was an exchange like, <clears throat> you can go to bed. And I was like, oh, I'll watch this movie. And he was like, okay. And that was fucking it. That was like it. The only uh, pushback I was like, and then, All right. okay, so then I'm like, he wanted to watch it. He didn't give a shit if you were going to be in there or not. I was very curious about this movie, and he might have said something like, "I think it's going to be scary," and I was like, "Like any smart ass kid, yeah, I can fucking handle this." We have a a kindergartner who is that way. Yeah, like, it's not scary Ellie, through and through. I can do this. Scarier yeah. the better. Uh-huh. Watch me. And Same he's six. Kid. And he's six. <laughs> and he watches. He'll still watch Doc McStuffins, but he thinks uh, he could watch uh, yeah. anything, right? Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, cool, man. He's cool. All right. So I do remember watching this movie, sitting on our old brown couch from 1960, whatever, holding like a, a Afghan 
That's what we call like knitted blankets. Oh yeah. So my grandma. I only recently us, learned that. Yeah, <laughs> but it's an afghan. So I'm sitting under these house. brightly colored afghans. Sure. Mostly watching this movie from under the under the blanket through yeah. the holes. I can't. Im- I mean, the things that are in this. <laughs> because I don't remember a lot of this movie. You don't remember it. Clearly, you it you whatever you remember has been burned out of your memory or or, or put into uh, some or, kind of uh, as we trauma. Get into this. Is it really not that fucking scary? Oh, well, I mean, we can talk about that. But, okay. Um, because I think, some of it is so boring. Well, um, I would say that the first, this movie, uh, the the iconic character of Pinhead, not not your main antagonist, even. He's, like, in the movie for, like, 97 not in the movie, seconds. Not in the movie much. It yeah. is uh, uh, not what you would expect when you're watching this one. Now, I... I've never seen any of the sequels, but my, I, mean, I think I have seen the sequels. My understanding is that th- those hell characters are in more of those sequels, yeah. like because they were the breakout of the, of the franchise. That's what people responded to. Therefore they focused more of the franchise on those characters. But in the first one, not, not so much. They are there. They are a threat. They c- cause the movie to, you know, they're in, they're responsible for the bad shit that happens, but not. Your main antagonist, yeah. uh, not even uh, the main threat to our main characters, really. Yep. At least not until the end. Um, so yeah, it's uh, so you were you were too young to see it. Yeah, I, I, I can't like imagine. I, was, I don't feel like I was traumatized. Well, but what's crazy is that the first five minutes of the movie is it's very much like it opens with a guy who gets a box. And he's, like, looking for some pleasure and pain, right? You know what I mean? Eh? Little. Eh? But then, like, what he gets, because like, it very quickly turned into, like, he goes into a place and he's, like, literally, like, it's not, like, shown a bunch, but he's torn apart to pieces. He is. Bits of guts and everywhere. Now, and now that you say that. That's insane that you were 10 years old and your dad's, like, feel like... not sending you to bed at that point. Like, man, no, I don't think you watched this. He might have just been, like, head under the covers. Oh, man. Because it I is, like, like, right off the bat it does this. This may have been the movie where I solidified my strategy for scary movies, mm. which is... To not look at it. Not, no, it's the looking at it is fine. It's the thought process of, this is not fucking real. This is right. ketchup. This is makeup. Sure. This is rubber. Not real, not real, not real, not I mean, real. It's, no, it's, I'm pretty good at detaching. It's gutty. It's pretty... Well, a lot of people are that like this also, kind of stuff. Sure. I do prefer scary movies over gory movies. I don't... See, that's the thing. I don't, I don't generally prefer gore for gore's sake... Um, That's what I just said. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I I don't love it, and I don't I don't it's enjoy gross. it. I know that people. Right. That's part of the fun is Ugh. to see that, and they know that it's not real. And Ugh. this there's no like there's no confusing reality and fantasy in this particular franchise because it is pretty over the top, right? But mm-hmm. um, all right, well let's uh, you got some high stats for me on Hellraiser. I do. So Hellraiser, as we mentioned earlier, came out in 1987, September 18th, 1987. Sure. That, that's early fall. Correct. That's a correct release date. Rated R. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one hour, 34 minutes. It's a good length. God, movies were just like the perfect length back then. I know well, I say that all the time. I mean, to be fair, most horror movies, even to this day, <clears throat> 90 minutes. They don't They don't mess around. Now, they're ever for every uh, Midsommar which is its own thing. Uh, oh, is most, that how we're calling it? What we're calling it? Midsummer. I, I think you can call it that. That's fine. You call it whatever you want. Okay. Which is, I think, an amazing movie. But, yeah. I mean, it's unusual that that movie's so long. Most yeah. horror movies are like 90 minutes, right? Tighten, Even t- to this day. Tighten it up a little bit. No, I, I disagree. I'll see another. There's a director's cut of Midsommar. I want to watch it. Quit calling it that. Why? I think it's called that. It's an A. Midsommar. I don't know. What is it called? Midsummer. It has an A at the end. Midsommar. Sure, sure, no. Stop saying that. Midsommar. Stop calling it that. Uh, the estimated budget for this uh, Hellraiser in 1987 was $1 million. That, hey, wow. They did some good work with $1 million. <laughs> I got to give them credit on that. It grossed in the U.S. $14.5 million. So a modest success. And then would obviously clearly rent well and then spawn sequels that were popular. And I mean, this continued on for a long time. I mean, I know a Mr. Steve who went and purchased the VHS. So he contributed Got that three-pack. Three <laughs> Hellraiser pack. 1, 2, and 3. Um, so, uh, okay. <coughs> you gonna go and mute all those? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's fine. I love you. Yeah, that's why I'm nodding and saying, like, don't talk while I'm coughing. Okay. You're gotcha. Such a dick. 
All right. I'll be leaving that in so all the all the people can hear how mean you are. You to are me the, your Ill. entire goal is to like frame this podcast to prove that you are somehow like the better of us <laughs> and that I'm the mean one. That's your entire goal. Oh, with I don't comments need a like podcast that. to do that. Oh, I know. We've been the doing that in real life. That. We do that in real life. You, That's you, just the reality. You go you go to your job and you're like, "Ah, my husband. God, what a battle axe." I was like, "He's a real nag." He's a real battle axe nag. Oh, we walk around. Battle axe mean? It's a very sexist term. How do you for, spell it? It's battle axe. Battle axe a x, not axe mm. body spray, which is a x e. Or well, I don't know. Oh, that's a good question. I don't I'm know. not going to look it's it up. It's not a question We're for gonna right now. We're going to leave it a mystery. That's fine. Write it in the comments. <laughs> um, but, ooh, what? So, what were your thoughts? I don't. We don't need to go through this whole thing, but it is a very surprising movie. As someone who had never seen it, I was very surprised with what I got because it is a very strange, very uh, erotic movie in a very weird, disturbing way. Um, oh, yeah. It, it starts off with that gut scene where the guy gets torn apart, and then we move into – and what's his name? It's F- Uncle Frank? Frank, because mm-hmm. we move into another story where there's a, a husband and wife, and they have a teenage daughter. They've moved into this house, or they live at this house, and uh, the husband, he's a aloof kind of fella, right? Yep. And we learn that uh, that his brother, who died, who got ripped apart or disappeared, had an affair with uh the wife and ooh, we get to see this scene and it is uh he's a creepy motherfucker but she seems to be into it he's oh, very she aggressive is fucking hot for him he's aggressive and assaults her but and then she's like, like yeah all right i'm into it but it's like the day before their wedding or the day right. of their wedding like her wedding dress is laying on the bed and he oh they bang on top of that he attacks her dress. and then like fuck right on the so dress this is a movie Yikes. where you you start with this guy getting ripped apart and then we get a flashback to him like banging this chick and it's like there's butt and there it's like a it's a, it's a sex scene and it's but it starts off very rapey, but then she's like, "It's rapey, but I kind of like it." Yeah, very strange. Very like she's very into it. Whew, it's uh, quite something. Well, anyway, aloof Larry, just to kind of like get this thing going, like he, he, oh, it's a flashback during this. Like he, there, she's having the flashback of banging him, right? And he's so. like nailing something, and he cuts his hand, and then he goes up to the attic and bleeds, and this blood results in uh. This resurrection. Revival, yeah. Uh-huh. And he, <laughs> so, I mean, right off the bat, I'm like, what is this movie, right? Because <laughs> I don't think at this point you've seen the, the pinhead people kind of like have a brief, they, they appear, but they, you don't get a whole lot with them at the beginning when Frank, because he opens up this box, right? It's a box that create, when well, it's called something, it's a very, I mean, this is bad. We've already forgotten like the main uh, device. They call it and, just a puzzle box. It's the, they call it something, I don't remember what it was, but this thing, when you open it, it unleashes ultimate pleasure and pain the depths of hell right um and this cast of uh, great uh makeup characters which we can talk about but um the most of this movie is the story of frank being resurrected yep. and he comes back as a gooey disgusting he's not human yet yep and he's like a zombie he's a zombie with his skin and stuff like it's kind of like uh our, our generation would understand a little bit more like when the mummy came out the brendan fraser one the remake the mummy had to like suck on the life souls to get back to full form to Arnold Vosloo form, right? That's what this movie's doing only with like gross makeup. And so the wife discovers this and rather than being horrified, she's like, Oh I'll help I'm, you. I'm into this. I'm into your disgusting look, knowing that if I help him He'll go back to his regular form and he'll bone me and he'll pretend me rape me again or a bang, something. A bang, a bang, and he bangs. What a fucked up notion, right? Yep. So the wife starts going and picking up guys from the bars and bringing them back to the house. Which I thought was gonna—it was exclusively bald guys for a little while, but yeah. then she brought another guy finally. But it was like three in a row. And then bald and guys. then Frank just sucks their juices out. But he wait—that's the fucked up thing, right? She lures him into the house, and but she, and then you think like, well, Frank will kill him. He's the He's bad weak, guy, though. He's weak. She's hammering these motherfuckers with the right hammer. Right in the fucking head. Holy That's pretty, shit. That's some pretty dark shit. And she's like the character we follow for about half the movie before it kind of shifts gears to the teenage daughter. I'd say it's like 75% of the movie. It, it really is. And it's it, the last quarter that's the It's girl. bizarre. Um, And it's a fucked... I mean, it's fucked up. Like, it's a movie that you're just like, what the fuck is this crazy? But it's awesome. Okay, I was going to say this. I don't know. You said that you were uh, a little bored. Watching well, it. I was kind of uh, fighting off slumber. I... 
was because I, I when I I just I know what I know about myself and what I like in horror movies and what I don't like. You show me Hellraiser, you show me even a trailer for Hellraiser, and I'm going to be like, yeah, I don't think that's going to be my kind of movie. But I got to be honest with you, I was into this. This was a fuck. Yeah. This movie was so bizarre and grimy and dirty and weird. And the character, like the 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 wife character, is such unusual. a bizarre character yeah. to follow. And Not Frank, your typical like. And I, I don't think anybody is especially great in the movie performance-wise, but Frank is creepy enough that it works, especially with this makeup. Well, it looks like there were two people that played Frank. Well, right. Okay, so yeah, when he's a real person, it's one person, and when under the makeup and stuff like that, different character. Frank the monster is played by a different guy. And But it's enough that it's just like, what is going on? Why would these people, why would she be into this? And it's just like this bizarre, seedy... Uh, uh, with this hell kind of imagery and it's just unpleasant, but in a way that's so bizarre that it's just, I found enthralling. Oh, it's very interesting. And then when you, and then so, although they are not in the movie much, when you bring back these people from hell, Pinhead, the Cenobites, the Cenobites. you got Pinhead, you got the Chatterer with the big old teeth thing. Yep. You got a uh, cat voice, neck, neck, cat neck voice. What was that lady called? I don't cat know. Cat neck voice. Sure. You got a uh, sunglass guy. <laughs> blobby uh, worm sunglass guy I don't know they have real names I know that there are people out there that love the series and they have all the names I know Chatterer is correct called an engineer right I don't know see but what it's it's it really inspired design they've got like this S&M um, wardrobe which is also adding to this like seedy sex element of this movie yep. but they're not I don't what I okay what I don't understand is like who opens this box and thinking like this is gonna be good like oh i want pleasure and pain well that's not what happened here pleasure and pain is like what you would consider like regular like b you know, bs uh, that stuff you know like whipping mm -hmm. no this guy got ripped apart <laughs> mm -hmm. like i don't know if you were on if there's a legend going around about what happens to you with this thing i don't know if you're i don't know you gotta be i don't know if you're opening that thing so according to this, Cenobites are extra-dimensional beings mm -hmm. who appear in the novella The Hellbound Heart. Correct, yes. I was going to... Um, yeah. They're theologies who was written from by, a religious sect in hell. Who directed... By the way, we, we didn't mention any of this. Oh. The director, the writer of it, is the same person who wrote... Clive Barker, right? Clive Barker, yeah. Rotor, ro Rotor and director. Rotor and director. He wrote this story, okay. The Hellbound Heart. Okay, but the author... Um, of that novella. Well, oh, I thought that was Clive Barker. Mm -mm. David McWilliam. What? Sir. I got this confused. That's not good. We might have we might get comments because they're messing stuff up. So you're reading. I'm just things. reading off okay. of the Wikipedia. It says they are theologians from a religious sect in hell known as the Order of the Gash, describing themselves as explorers in the further regions of experience and granting sadomasochist pleasures okay. to those who call upon them. He was he wrote his short story his story based on that work, right? So, but Clive Barker wrote a a story first before he wrote this movie, correct? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Who's Clive Barker? The guy who directed it. It's down here, yeah. Yeah, sure. Oh, my gosh. I hate <coughs> I hate sounding uh, like I don't know what I'm talking about, but it's been forgiving. Uh, sorry. I, I'm messing up uh, uh, details here, but it doesn't really matter so much as... Uh, it was originally... Uh, the film was originally made under the working title of Sadomasochist, Sadomasochist from Beyond the Grave. Right. Um... But it, it it's this weird um the 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 background of it is more like uh there's literary elements to it that That's what I was trying to tell right. you. What's what I'm trying to get to too, sorry. But um the the original novella author mm -hmm. notes that the Cenobites are described in more explicitly sexual terms in the book. Right. Compared with their depictions in the film adaptations. Yeah. Well uh, anyway, I mean some of that comes so there are elements of that in this movie, right? But it is not... It's very... I mean, at 90 minutes, you don't have a lot of um, time with these characters. Especially when there gets to be a point where um, Frank has almost been completely formed. He's not quite at full strength yet. And the movie kind of shifts perspective to the teenage daughter, right? She uh, encounters uh, Frank, and he's like... This is where he's just like, come to daddy or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And it's weird and it's like got, got that sexual undertone, right? And then because she gets like horrified by it, it like rotates in her brain and she gets like flashes to it, right? And we follow her and she gets a hold of the puzzle box and then she gets Pinhead and the crew unleashed on her. 
and then so the movie is kind of like takes this big shift right away from that story at least for a little bit right where mm-hmm. she has been she is attacked by these people and she gets attacked by this 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 gateway opens up and this big old like lobster thing comes after her right and then uh the, again it's just so crazy right and then like she's about to get i don't know torn apart or something was going to happen but then, like, she realizes that he opened this, Frank opened this gate, and she's like, well, I can get you this guy, because he escaped. We learn that, I mean, the way he was resurrected is that he escaped these people from hell, and so Pinhead and crew is like, yeah, okay, we'll get him, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we get a confrontation. Um, God, and it's a fucked up, it's just a messed up ending. It's great. Um, it's insane, right? Because poor, uh, dumb Larry... <laughs> Fucking Larry. Larry the husband. He's been aloof the whole time. Doesn't know what's going on. He nearly gets killed one time where uh, (laughs) Frank's going to kill him and uh, the wife's not. I can't think of her name or whatever. Doesn't matter. uh, She nearly gets him killed that time. But So we follow the teenager back, uh, teenage daughter back, and uh, it becomes very glaring that Larry, dad is a little bit different when she comes back in the the house uh, this time. Yeah. He's behaving differently, and then he reveal he says, "Come to daddy." Yeah, and she realizes that uh, that's not her dad. No, he takes the skin off our this poor dumbass aloof yeah, guy, yeah. and it, and it, it's like his punishment, right, for not pleasing his wife and not listening to her. Right, yep. it's the sexual punishment that he gets, right, and so he's just dead. <laughs> we yeah. just kill that guy. Yeah, there's a big stumpy body that's all taken upstairs, and the crew finds him. Right. And, uh, yeah, and then you get, I mean, the ending is insane. It I got to appreciate insane. how insane this is because the, 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 what are they called? The deadites? No, that's Cenobites. Cenobites, deadites. Not is, uh, Cinnabons. Not Cinnabons, not deadites. You know, they come back for Frank. They, oh, before that, Frank, uh, just, he decides he needs to kill the, the, the lady for the being girl, a, the wife lady, yep. She gets killed because he's just like, ah, I don't need you anymore. And, uh, she gets punished for being a slut. See, that's the 80s. And so, uh, when a girl in a seat, in a, when a woman in a, in a horror movie in the 80s and 90s, especially when they have sex and really anytime, uh, they tend to get killed. Uh, because I don't know why we have that fascination with punishing women for having sex, but this movie is very much into that. Um, Let me know when you're ready for some fun facts. I am ready for some fun facts. Are you? Yeah, but like, just to finish that top, yep. that story is like that. Then the story seemingly ends when the the Pinhead and crew capture Frank and like rip him apart again, and he's like Jesus wept <laughs> when he gets torn oh, apart. Yeah, that was fucking weird. I know scene. it's just fucked up, but I I don't know. I was on board because it's like this movie's crazy. <laughs> Un- like, they don't make movies like this. Unpredictable and unusual. Unusual and disturbing in Doesn't a way. Doesn't play by the typical I don't, formula. I don't, I don't find it scary so much, no. as, but it. But I appreciate how messed up it is. That's a weird way of saying it's, it. Yeah. I'll take some fun facts and we'll talk about kind of this even crazier ending, but yeah. Some fun facts. Uh, there was a lot of censorship in this. Uh, I would flood. imagine. Oh yeah, it got a it got an NC seventeen, I believe. It originally got an X or rating. an X before there was NC seventeen. There was an X. Yes. So several scenes were cut for R rating. Right. A lot of graphic, gra- some graphic stuff. The interesting thing is, um, was it the thrusting? It was more than it was less the gore and more the thrusting on the sex. Right? No. Am I right. One was a hammer lodged into a victim's head. Sure. Cut. Um. One was uh, the first victim that the wife lady kills. The first time they shot it, they did it with him naked. Oh, fun. So, him naked. Is he, was he hanging dong? Uh, probably. Nice. Dong um, hanging. Close-ups of Kirsty, who is the daughter. The daughter, the teenage right. daughter. We're doing a terrible sticking job. Sticking her hand lot. into Frank's stomach, exposing <laughs> his guts. Yeah. That would be fucking interesting. Well, it's there, but it's like that, uh, um, yeah. Longer version of the scene where Frank is being torn into pieces mm-hmm. with the hooks. There's not, I mean, yeah, there's, it's like very extreme close ups of the hooks going into like skin. Because it's so close up, it doesn't uh, have like, it doesn't look like real skin. So, I mean, it's good. I don't want it to look any grosser than it does. It's pretty gross still. And then some sex stuff. So, sure. um, in an interview, the writer director said, Well, we did have a slight problem with the eroticism. I shot a much hotter flashback <laughs> sequence than they would allow us that to That rapey in. scene, it could have been hotter. Mine was more explicit, 
and less violent. Mm -hmm. They wanted to substitute one kind of undertow for another. I had a much more explicit sexual encounter between Frank and Julia, but they said, no, let's take out the sodomy and put in the flick knife. Oh, yeah. He's got a flick knife. The whole movie, he's threatening everybody with this flick knife, um, which is... um... You know, then, fun. In another... It always means a creepy guy. Creepy guy. Yeah. That'll so they took you. out the butt fucking. <laughs> They're like, take out the butt fucking. And yeah. then in another interview, he said, uh, we did a version of the scene which had some spanking in it. Yeah. And the MPAA was not very appreciative of that. Lord knows where the spanking footage is. Somebody has it somewhere. Yeah. The MPAA told me I was allowed two consecutive buttock thrusts from Frank, but three is deemed obscene. So this is, I mean, they still got this problem where it, the, the, I mean, nowadays you can get away with any violence. I mean, R rating, oh. any violence will get you an R. There's nothing, <coughs> there's nothing that's going to get you a terrible, uh, anything. And nothing is going to get you worse than R in terms of violence. But sex stuff is still like deemed like NC-17 level stuff, yeah. which is insane. But I mean that's a whole other topic, but yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of goop. It's just a lot of crazy shit. Who is your favorite uh, of the hermaphrodite? No, what are they called? The dead, dead old troglodytes? Cenobites. <laughs> Which one of you is your favorite in terms of design? Ooh, I'd have to see them all. I'd have to see them all. Like you got pinhead. You got pins on his Hold face. Hold on, let me see if I can just Google some pictures. Real you quick. got the chatter, big old teeth. Chatter's rot. I mean, that one's pretty cool. You got slug glasses guy. <laughs> Is that the big fat one? Yeah, glasses mm-hmm. guy. And then you got the lady that has like the neck thing that's going on. Oh, like part of her neck is ripped open, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of disturbing. I like that glasses guy because those glasses are fun. Yeah. <laughs> like he's always wearing glasses. Too bright for him down in hell. But Chatter's got a good, uh, got a look about him too, I suppose. Yeah. If our so, internet worked, I would answer you. But, so. Yeah. You think that once Frank is, because Frank really is the villain of the movie, and uh, yeah, he really is. Like yeah. it, he's the. I mean, most of the action is involving him trying to you know get back to form, right? But then, like the last fifteen minutes of this movie is the teenage daughter because she's opened the thing and she's tried to make a deal with these guys, <coughs> and rather than they don't these apparently they don't they don't follow rules down in hell. Yep. They said we're gonna take you anyway. Right, so then they start attacking uh, the lobster, big giant thing. Like her, she's got a boyfriend. This whole movie, they've uh, he's, she does, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, because they're going around around town. And there's a weird, crazy hobo guy. That's a scary hobo guy that's looking at him. Remember that? Oh man, you've been. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's a hobo guy that's like following around, looking at him weird, right? And that comes into play at the end. Um, but yeah, even like the big lobster giant thing comes and like punches the boyfriend in the face, which is pretty fun. This is like this little like insect hand that's getting punched in the face. But this is the part I want to ask about because it seems very easy to like turn all this off because she figures out that you just have to like, well, I open the box. The way you get rid of them is you just close the box. No, you have to like reopen it. Sort of, yeah, you have to close it and direct it at them. But like, in a, is it hard? <laughs> yeah, it's a puzzle. You got to solve the puzzle. So you have to like reverse pu- solve the puzzle. <coughs> yeah, yeah, it's a puzzle box. Okay, but it seems like I mean, if you figured out how to open it, you could probably put it back together. I mean, but not if they're ripping your flesh apart. Right. Anyway, it seemed like she seemed to have no problem. She, she figured it out pretty fast. Is all I'm saying. Well, I'm trying to open up the Roger Ebert site to share with you. Mm-hmm. But it's not, so I'm just going to go off what Wikipedia says Roger Eber thought about oh, it. Oh, I don't think he liked it. In our segment called, What Would Roger Say? Roger Eber gave the film how many stars? One star. One half of a star. Oh, really? Yeah, I think uh, Roger clearly wasn't on board with the... Uh, but he saw it at the time. Right. You know, we're seeing it 22 years 87, what 87, I think all oh, 32 years. I'm gonna later. a little bit. I'm gonna reveal a little bit about this. I believe I read this quote on. I think I read part of this review, and I uh, he, he said it's devoid of. Uh, go ahead, you have it. Uh, he deemed it uh, as dreary as a piece of goods has masqueraded as horror in many a long cold night. Wow, it is dreary, but I think that's intentional. This is one of those movies you sit through with mounting dread as the fear grows inside of you. No, that it well, will indeed turn out to be feature length. And that right. this is a movie without wit, style, or reason, and the true horror is that actors were made to portray the technicians to realize its bankruptcy of imagination. That, that's what I'm saying. I think that that is uh, <clears throat> complete. I mean, 
fine. You don't like it, that's fine. But to say it's bankrupt of imagination is very, very off base. You can't look at the creature design alone and say there's no uh, imagination in the movie. It it does have that. You have to, like, I just don't understand that review. I just don't. I mean, I could see not liking it. It's very unpleasant. It's not meant to be in, enjoyed, per se. But to say that it's not, doesn't have any creative merit is a weird criticism. And I think off base. Do you think it's because they like wanted more of the creatures and less of these lame characters? No, because I mean, yes. Does 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 the motivations of these characters make sense? I don't know. Probably not. But because they're so bizarre and they're behaving in ways that like traditional movie antagonists and protagonists typically behave in movies like that, and they are so far from that, we're so far removed from that. Their behaviors are fascinating to watch mm-hmm. and to watch this kind of messed up story unfold. And so I liked that kind of off-kilter nature of the movie. It's not meant to <coughs> feel, like, great. And I'm not saying it's, like, an amazing piece of art, but there's imagination in it, and there's something to the depiction of these messed-up characters. It's something. I'm just saying it's something. If you want to be, un- like, kind of rattled and un- feel unpleasant around Halloween, which some people do, I don't know. You could do a lot worse. Just saying. Some people regard this as a classic, so I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird, uh, there's a weird split on this movie, I think. You're nodding. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Are you just done with Hellraiser? I was reading about a remake or something. Oh, they tried to make a remake for a while. Um, didn't come, didn't happen. So, that being said... I saw this movie. I did re I had heard that Hellraiser 2 is pretty crazy. So I did read uh what happens in Hellraiser 2. Aww. And that's pretty crazy. And that's a lot of these it. same characters come back. Um so that like is the one that I'm like, "All right." But that being said, after I've watched this one and knowing that we have all the characters and all the characters the 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 Pinonites come back uh the Cinnabons. Cinnabons come back and they have more prominent roles later. Knowing that, I don't have much interest in watching any of the sequels. Oh, okay. I don't. It just doesn't. It seems unnecessary to me, and You're it seems like curious. diminishing returns. Most horror movies tend to uh, not be great as they age in terms of sequels, anyway. And so, I would be fine just like letting this one be the only one I've seen. I think. Yeah. Now that being said, Hulu uh, had Hellraiser three and four on there. <coughs> But they didn't have two, so maybe that was probably why. I was like, oh, t- I heard two's good, and then they don't have two. I'm like, well, I'm not going yeah, to seek that, that out. I don't know. Um, yeah, so Hellraiser. I don't know. I liked it. What do you want from me? I enjoyed it. Does it make me a weird person? Am I bad? Am I into, like, weird pain sex stuff because I liked Hellraiser? Yeah. Is your dad into that? Is that why he likes Hellraiser? Probably. Whoa. Well, this got really awkward. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Yeah, but you're so. I mean, I granted this was been uh, a few days we were gonna record. And yeah. We didn't, and you f- were tired. But what were your thoughts overall? Fin- finishing thoughts. Um, it wasn't as scary as I thought it was because that was what you were dreading, and that what your cousin was like. I don't want to watch that. This guy's scary looking. Yeah. He didn't even want to watch it that night, and he's a grown man now. I would say that it's not it the like the terror. The there's it's not like a thriller where I wasn't like, <gasps> oh, it doesn't have a lot of that going. Like I'm not. I was just like, it's one of those movies you just like watch. You're not like on the edge of your seat going, oh, I hope she lives. It's you not, really don't give a shit about the one lady. It's not ratcheting tension. It's not really building into anything uh, in terms of like a confrontation or like yeah. a a threat, like you said. And I would agree with that. It's not. It doesn't have that um, element. And to frankly, it. I don't really even care about the teenage daughter. I mean. I don't want her to die. And I think that that would, you know, if people are going to criticize it like Robert Roger Ebert did, um, the craft element in terms of, like, doing what it's supposed to in that regard is probably not there. At least not now. Maybe that's aged and it's that's the way it is. But, again, I don't know if it's really trying to do anything other than to be like, look at this, this is fucked up, huh? <laughs> Which, you know, I think there's something to that. Yeah. I don't want to watch it all the time. I don't even want to watch sequels. But in terms of uh, this kind of horror movie... I don't know. There's something to that, right? Yeah, it was interesting. There's some. It's something. Something to watch. Something different. Yeah, it was different. So yeah, Hellraiser. What are you gonna do? Happy Hellraiser Halloween. Right. Is that it? Are we done with this movie? Yes, we were done with this movie. All right. Well, I'm not even gonna give you a tea time with Tyler. We'll just save it for the next movie. 
Okay. Actually, we'll just do a quick tea time with Tyler. Okay. This is the segment where I fill up my tea, which I desperately need because of this stupid cold. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm just, yeah. Name as many movies as possible. Mm-hmm. Here I go. I'm opening it up. Where somebody has or gets something stuck in their face. <laughs> um... Well, recently, Joker. <laughs> um, Shaun of the Dead. He gets like an arrow to the head. That's a pretty good one. Um, God, there's so many. I keep, that's like that's a question that's so big that it's like, like I'll pinhead. blank out. Keep going. Oh, like pin. Wait, well, he has stuff stuck in his face. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why. Like that's his. That you mean like as a feature or not? Just uh, go. Um. God, there's a lot of those, though. I mean, people get bullets to the face all the time in movies. Bullets don't count. <sighs> okay. Well, I Something don't... stuck in their face. Something stuck in their face. Um... <sighs> in their face? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, stuck in their face? Like the pinhead guy. He's got stuff stuck in his face? I don't He's know. He's got all those needles sticking out of his face. That was not the question I was uh, anticipating, and therefore I <laughs> failed. <laughs> That's part of the fun of it. <laughs> Have you ever had acupuncture? Uh, yes. Well, no. No. Do you think that Hellraiser... It's, like, opposite has acupuncture, Has fucked up, the, like, has, has added to the fear of people going and getting acupuncture? I'm sure that it all does. All we envision is the fucking Hellraiser guy with all the fucking needles sticking out But those out are poking... Isn't the... Sh- now, correct me if I'm wrong. The sharp parts of the pinhead are poking out. I, well, how'd they get in his fucking face, though? So it's double sharp? Or Probably. are they just, like, part of his skin? And no, they're He doesn't double feel sharp. that. No, it's fucking double sharp. I, I do think that that probably has something to do with it. I think that's the imagery you think of. Now, yeah, I've well, not I had... I'm like, I don't want to look like a fucking Hellraiser. I haven't had acupuncture, but I have had, like, allergy tests with, like, little needles. And so that's similar. Did really. you think of Hellraiser? No, I was, like, little when it happened, so now I hadn't seen Hellraiser. You just got allergy testing again with Elliot a couple He had to ago. do a little bit of a, uh, yeah. They did a little like, bit of Oh, looking like Hellraiser. No. <laughs> Don't leave them in there. That was not a good story. Well, I wasn't trying to be a good story. You asked me a question, I gave you the best answer I could. What, it's not a story. You're the I'm one like, who's setting it up. I'm like, have you ever had acupuncture? Like, no. The no, answer is I no. I have had this thing that's not similar to it. It's There's needles that poke <laughs> into you. That is very similar. That is a very similar thing. Is it? I didn't say it was a good story. I just said I've done it. <laughs> cool story, bro. Good question, ass. <laughs> <laughs> good question, ass. <laughs> I'm not recording a second one of these with you. You're so mean. I'm great. Are you? Happy Halloween, Hellraiser. Several episodes pointing. Yeah, because you are you are creating a narrative. Yeah, I'm a good storyteller. Yeah, you are trying to build a, a narrative a in case. which you are the hero of this podcast, as if this podcast needed a hero and a villain. But you are setting it up to that for for me to be. Uh, the bad guy. You do that all on your own. Yeah, exactly. With comments like that, cutting remarks. Cutting <laughs> remarks to make it seem like I am abusive and you are the submissive version in this relationship. When, in fact, you are the one who is completely in charge of everything that happens in this relationship. Yeah, I'm the fucking <laughs> pinhead and you're the fucking Frank. You're the click commander. Do you want... Whoa. <laughs> That's... We'll talk about that next episode. Oh, my gosh. Yikes. <laughs> All right, so if for some reason someone's listening to this podcast and they haven't seen Hellraiser, recommend or not recommend? <laughs> yeah, watch it. It's easy to watch right now on Hulu. Or if you saw it when you were a child and you're traumatized, just go revisit it. You could it. probably revisit without cool. um, without much fear. You could probably quell some of those uh, fears because sure. um, it's not scary. All right, friends. Well, thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, uh, go give us a positive review somewhere or tell a friend to listen and we appreciate it and uh yeah listen cold suck sorry yeah <laughs> <clears throat> all right we will talk at you another movie bye bye